0: The
1: Hunts Podcast coming out here in these streets. The After Five Podcast, y'all gonna really oh, yeah, I like that. Exactly. Man, welcome to another episode of the Alien Favor After Five Podcast with our boy Drew. Today we have a special guest, at, I go by the name of Brian Patterson. He's been in the mental health industry for over twelve years, and today he's gonna give us a little insight about the eight dimensions uh so brian give us you know a little something tell us a little something about yourself
2: well thank you gentlemen for having me on uh brian patterson like i said i've worked in the mental health field for over 12 years and in doing so i would facilitate what we called group meetings i worked at a wellness and recovery clinic We dealt with people suffering from drug addiction to various mental health disorders, schizophrenia, manic depression, uh, bipolar disease, anxiety. And I was introduced to this concept by, um, I think his name was a a therapist named Benjamin Okai. And instead of just focusing on dealing with the symptoms or whatever one of the clients was struggling with, he took a broad view and he said that there's various dimensions that all have to be addressed for a high level of overall wellness. And that's where I was introduced with it. And we would take it. Sometimes we take it weekly. We take a dimension, focus on that one just for a week and move on to another one. But the clients who who overall focused on addressing those dimensions consistently, routinely, those were the ones that really saw improvement in their lives. We had people who were able to leave the program, people who were able to go to college, find jobs. Some of them even got married. So I'm a strong believer in the in the dimensions of overall wellness.
0: Wow. That's very important, especially in the black community where we kind of we, we kind of don't want we don't want to go get counseling we, we kind of dismiss mental illnesses and there's a lot of them out there. Can you describe what are the eight dimensions?
2: Okay uh, in no particular order because I believe at, at some point in your time you you're it's gonna shift. but for me, first is your your spiritual wellness. You know, and that's not so much your uh, religious affiliation is, is your idea of the fact that you're connected to everything and everything within you is connected. Then you have your mental wellness, you have your physical wellness, your emotional. A lot of people like to put the mental with the emotional and I mean, you can, you can, Uh, Social wellness, you know, how you interact with other people around you, your intellectual wellness. uh, Financial wellness and environmental wellness. Those are eight dimensions. Uh, Quick little rundown your your environmental. That's that's just the physical space that you're in. You know, it could be your community. It could be your home. It could be your kitchen. It could be your bedroom, it could be your workspace, financial wellness, of course, you know, that's your money, how you get your money, how much money that you have, intellectual. That's it's it's not so much when we, when we tend to think of intellectualism, we you know, we, we make it academic. But intellect is simply an awareness. That's it, there's various levels of intelligence. You know, you have spatial intelligence. You have what you consider body intelligence. So intelligence is just awareness. Like we said, social, that's, that's your friends, that's your community, the people you interact with. Emotional, that's how aware are you in what you're feeling, you know? Is that really what you're feeling? Where did you develop those feelings from? Physical wellness, of course, thats that's everything that you take in through your senses. A lot of times we like to think of physical wellness as just like, you know, body fat percentage or how fast you can run a mile. But everything that you intake through your senses, everything that you see, everything that you hear, even the things that you speak, all of that impacts your overall physical wellness. Of course, your mental is uh, just just, just how well is the mind? How well is your mind? How, how logically do you think? How rationally do you think? Do you do you justify the things that that impede your overall wellness? And of course, for me, that brings it all back to the spiritual.
0: Absolutely. So I guess another question I would ask, so you get a client that comes in, they're suffering from a mental illness, whether it's drugs or whatever. How do you institute these? Do you try to give them all eight at once or is hey, I'm going to give you one dimension for this week or this month and then you move to the next one?
2: It, it, it's a process in the way that I found to really get somebody to open up because it's, it's going to be on them to really identify where they need to start is uh, journaling. Journaling, writing your thoughts down. Seeing if there's a, a consistent pattern, a consistent issue. But depending on you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Depending on just just how much they're struggling, in that moment where they came to us, of course that's that's the need that needs to be addressed first. Okay, so even even with ourselves personally, if um, if you're constantly stressed out about, about your finances. Okay. that That's where you need to look first. It could just be that you, you got some outrageous spending habits, you know, you could just be, um, you know, you might need to cancel a couple of subscriptions or whatever, and then go from there. But it depends on the, the most pressing issue at that moment. That's, that's always a good place to start.
0: How long does it take the average person to com- complete the eight dimensions?
2: It's it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. And if, uh, I, I like to say wellness instead of health. Wellness is like the overall climate and your health is more like a snapshot. It's more like the temperature today. You understand what I'm saying? See, like right now it's, it's cold as all get out outside here. Okay. But that's to be expected because I'm in the winter climate. That's, that's the, the average over a long span of time. So this is to be expected. I am suspect it's, it's supposed to be cold. See, that's, uh, that's the health. That's the health, the snapshot. Where are we at right now? And what you want to do is you want to change the climate, the overall wellness you want that to be able to expand out over a long sense of time. So it's it's an ongoing
0: process. And I guess it gets into the environmental dimension that you had mentioned, how the environment can play a role. Mm-hmm. I think most people are, de- they say that most people are depressed in the winter months, mm-hmm. or if it's not, if it's rainy and, and there's not a lot of sunshine, people tend to get depressed. So...
2: It's, it's funny you should mention that because a lot of that... Um, what you just mentioned, they would they would call that a uh, sad. They would call that seasonal affect disorder. And mm-hmm. to be honest, a lot of these things that they're diagnosing and they're saying that that we need therapy for, they're they're marketing tools. They're marketing tools. It's it's something to sell you a pill. It's something to sell you something that's going to change your mood. Okay, I live in Arkansas. We know that the summer is gonna be hot and humid. Okay, you know that those of us who have lived here, it's it's not so much that the season is affecting you. What it is is more than likely you're wanting it to be a certain way instead of just dealing with what it really is. So they they come with these ploys because they got these big pharma, they got this pill that they wanna sell you. So, oh, it's it's, it's rainy, it's dark, it's moody. You're suffering from seasonal affect disorder. No, no. You're simply wanting some sunlight. You're simply not wanting it to be rainy right now. But when you start watching yourself and you understand your climate, you get out ahead of that. If you need to get you a sunlight, get you a sunlight. Get you one of those little lamps.
0: Go outside and dance in the rain. You you bring up a good point. How they try to tell you something is a disorder and not is could that contribute to the why most why I feel most people are delusional? <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, okay. How how do you f- define delusional?
0: You know, because well, I do as I do a little mentoring with some people, and you listen to some people. They say contradictory things. You oh, know, yeah. it's like I, I want to be. I want to be a fireman, but I'm afraid of heights. I don't like climbing on ladders. Yeah. But my dream is to be a fireman. Uh, you know, and I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of flat. I hear women say, "Well, I'm an independent woman, but I want to be married." Mental <laughs> 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 contradiction. that, that's that people saying they like. So every day that... you get up there and you scream, and that's your. Affirmation. Hey, I'm an independent woman. I don't need no, I'm single. I'm, I'm I'm independent. I don't need a man. I don't need a man. Well, why can't you never get a man? But then when you get any rent, it comes in, well, men are afraid of independent women. Uh, uh a man don't want an independent woman, but you don't realize independent means single. You're never gonna get a man as an independent woman. You know, relationships is a team sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
2: think that speaks to that speaks that speaks to your your mental and your emotional health. It's like you say you want these things but a lot of times people just just talk in in speaking points if you if you listen and i'm sure you have most people really don't think their thoughts through they don't interact with people who who don't think the same way as they do they're not comfortable with someone challenging their ideas and their beliefs and they're definitely not comfortable doing it themselves so most ideas are are just talking points that they're, they're most people, they don't take the time to just, okay, this is, this is what I think, and then ask themselves why. And be able to clearly define why they think the way they think, why they believe the way they believe. Most, most people, they, because you, we're not really trained to think. We're trained to respond. We're trained what to think. But most people, so so those people that you run up into and you consider them delusional, it's not so much that they're delusional; it's just that their ideas are half caught They haven't thought it through. You ever heard of the concept of mind mapping?
0: Mind mapping. Uh uh-huh. uh Tell tell me about it. Hard to say. Well, basically, I was introduced to mind mapping a few years ago. Basically, it's where you start with an ideal of what you want to do, and you get a piece of paper and you draw a circle. And from that circle, you draw a branch out of how you, let's just say, I want to build a house. Okay, I want, I want to build this house. So I put a house in a circle and I draw a branch. What do I need to build a house? Well, I need wood. And from that branch, I got wood. From that branch, I got nails. And from this branch, well, I need a saw. And then I do off another tree once I get it. Well, now I got the house... What I'm going to do, I got to decorate. So boom, I need furniture. From this branch, I need paint. And yeah. it puts the different steps of what it takes because, you know, everything takes steps in life. And it puts the, the layout, you know, when you get done, you may have a, a book on of uh, uh, different tree branches or whatever, but it shows you what it takes and all the work and the different things and aspects it takes just to get the end product. mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's uh that reminds me of a of a scripture. I can't remember the verse, but uh it says something to the effect of a, what man builds a, a castle without first calculating the price. Yeah.
0: just Well, I'm actually we we actually had those for sale on Amazon too, those mind maps. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Don't forget your books now. Don't forget the books now. Yeah, we got we got the books. We we got the coloring books for children and everything. Oh, look at y'all!
1: What
2: already?
0: You know, my uh, the coloring books now that we're talking about the mental health they're actually designed for people with ADHD, autism. Mm-hmm. They're very detailed and meticulous, and, and and you know, researchers showed that coloring books can be therapeutic for those with uh you know anxiety, ADHD, mm-hmm. and, and everything.
2: I strong I strongly encourage someone to, because a lot of people you'll you'll see it on the social media, they're they're self-diagnosing themselves with these symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. It take it takes a professional and it takes that professional an extended amount of time and exposure to you to accurately diagnose you with these issues. Okay. A lot of things that we consider traumatic really aren't that traumatic. A lot of these things anxiety everybody gets nervous okay mm-hmm. simply because you're nervous that does not mean that you have anxiety okay and a lot of in a lot of what we see is these disorders are playing out yeah. a big part of that is there's something inside that person that realizes like you're not doing your best there's some things that you should be doing and you're not doing it and that discomfort that they feel that's their higher selves telling them look you need to get your stuff together you need to start doing your work not so much the thing that pays you but the thing that makes you the things that feed your spirit and you know but instead of doing that work it's easier go sit on somebody's couch
0: mm-hmm.
2: write a post on social media get some
0: sympathy get a
2: pill until the next time
0: wow you see, people on social media, I guess the younger generation is facing so called uh, uh, high levels of anxiety due to being on social media all the time. You know, <laughs> I, I personally don't understand that growing up in my age. It's, it's like I was telling my kid, I asked whooping was how you got unfriended back in my day. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was it. you know it, it. It hurt to get unfriended back then. You know it wasn't a matter. And when people talked about you and made fun of you, I'm actually sitting in the room when they are talking about me and going. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not where I got the option to just cut my phone off and I don't have to read the comments. Yeah. And what we
2: for for black folk? Okay. Uh, back in the day, my dad and them they called it uh, what they call it uh. Playing playing the tens. My generation oh, would call it. Yeah, Junior. Yeah. Snapping. But you're that is social conditioning. That's not so much designed to hurt you. That was a defense mechanism that we use to make you tougher when you go uh-huh. out into that world and you get that negative feedback from folks who ain't your people. Okay. And this, and like you said these kids who go online and get bullied when you ultimately have the power because don't open the app. Don't open the app. But see, nobody's teaching them that. They're, they're, so, they're so connected to that. They, just, they don't even realize that. Okay, you're, you're getting bullied online. How can you be bullied online if you're not online? How about you, how about you just laugh at it? How about you snap back?
0: Which which brings so basically, the eight dimensions is not just for someone with drug addiction mm-hmm. or problems. problem. Basically, they play a role. From what I'm understanding, they play a role in every individual. It's for it's for all
2: individual. of us. It's for all of us. It's for all of us, and in helping people address those issues, that's how I started to see like every everybody benefits from this. Everybody can benefit from this. If you want to change the overall climate of your life, you have to address every last one of these topics. Every dimension. You need if you want to live a high quality life, you got to have a high level of wellness in each one of those
1: dimensions. But I was looking at that too. When I was reading over some of them, I'm like, this is for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. need to just like if you really like you say you want to get your life on track. If you look at all eight dimensions, I was reading them really.
2: Yeah, that's true. that's
1: true. it's what everybody should do.
2: I don't know. I don't know if y'all can see it. Do do you guys journal? Do y'all journal? I'm a big hey, get get your journal. I don't know if you can see it, but Let see, see it. I I build mine in like a pyramid. Yeah. Okay. And where I'm at in life now is I'm trying to get everything to align, to edify the spirit. But at the same time, I need to understand that everything stems from my spirit. So I wanna be spirit driven in the way that I want my environment to look. I wanna be spirit driven in how I interact in my social circle, okay? Because in turn, I want that social circle to work to edify my spirit, edify my soul, if that makes sense.
0: So when you were first introduced to these eight dimensions, what was your first reaction to them?
2: Like I don't know what this man talking about. <laughs> 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 As I was like, and then and then he charged me with like putting these groups together. And honestly, I was I was upset because I was like I was like I I've been doing this job before you got here. You know, you know I I know what works with my people. I know what's working with us. Like, and now now I have to answer to you. Now I have to switch up my style. So for the first couple of weeks, I ain't gonna lie. I was I was irritated. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And that helped me to realize something within myself, that I, I was resistant to change. I was resistant to change. I was I was defensive to, to not so much authority, but in that situation, yeah, a- acknowledging that man, that new team member's authority over me. But I had to realize, like, hey, that's – if I keep knocking and bucking against him, that's going to – Impact my financial wellness because I might have to start looking for another job.
0: So yeah. I find that a lot in this country, people that are resistant to change, everybody's stuck on tradition. Right. Change, change can be scary. Change can be scary. Even even if we don't
2: like our conditions, more than likely we're habitualized and, and addicted to how we're living. Even if we don't like something. If we don't like people, people who don't like to be poor, watch, but just just pay attention to them instead of doing the work to change. And you may not even you may not need more money. You just might need to better manage your money. But instead of doing that, it's a lot easier just to complain about being poor.
0: Why you bring that up, you know, in, in a lot of books that I've read speak on that. You don't need more money. More money is not the answer to your financial problems. More money will just put you deeper into debt. And it's kind of like when you watch NFL stars, you know, they get drafted to go into the league, they get multiple million dollar salaries. And then they're broke within five, six years. As soon as they come out of the league, they go broke. That has been happening. I, I, you know, I I've been looking at least over the last 10 years. You would think, a kid coming out of college and getting drafted today would learn and not fall in the same hole that the many before him have fell into. But what do they do? They go in, they buy the cars, they get a thousand kids and go in that same hole. I just never understood that mentally. That's, that's, because, like, that's because somewhere along the line, one of
2: those dimensions aren't very well. And see, see, that's a perfect point. Use, use use somebody with money. Okay, They have a very high level of financial wellness. But if you watch them and peep how they go broke, you can identify the other dimensions in which where they were unwell. It may have been social. They may have used that money to boost their social status. It may have been mentally. They they may not have been able to count. So what you do be- you do? You hire a crook to do your counting for you. But yeah, it's so, so it's it's, it's all important. It's, it's, it's all important. And each dimension impacts all the other dimensions.
0: Seems like people on the same dimension, like the group together. An example of that is like, when you look in social media, like the Facebook, so you talk to people, people love to have the conversation about when you're doing bad, like, if I was to get on there and say, you know, I'm struggling, I can't pay my light bill, you know, everybody pray for me. Everybody want to join in and be a part of that. Oh, so and so is having some problems. You know, call me if you need me. You, you know, I'm here for you. Talk to me. But if I get on social media and say, you know what, I'm balling out, I'm doing well, you know, I just bought a Bentley, uh, you know, I, I got my Rolex on in my chain. Now I'm arrogant. Nobody wants to join it. Nobody wants to have that success conversation. I call it a loser, loser mentality. People and people say, Well, well, I can't say it. that's arrogant. I'm like, but why do I want to perpetuate when I'm doing bad? I even see people that put posts out and say, oh, everybody always wanna put when they're doing good, but they don't never want to put when they're doing bad on Facebook. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and why do you want to know that? <laughs> yeah. You got uh
2: you gotta understand that like your your success your your elevation, it's gonna show somebody else's lack, want and need, and they're gonna be resentful of that. You flash your money, somebody somebody's gonna be, you know, it's just gonna remind them that their pockets are empty. And we like to see people down bad because, ooh, I got it bad, but I ain't got as bad as him.
0: It's just so much easier to just look at that person that's slashing their money and got those things and be inspired by them and say, hey, if so-and-so can do it, I can do it. And hey, so-and-so, can you tell me how you did it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah.
2: You know, that that, that pride, that ego get in the way. That
0: pride, that ego gets in the way. That hubris. So you mentioned your resistance when you first heard about the eight dimensions. How did the people you were... Training, or shall I say, or counseling? How did they accept it? Again, they were
2: they they didn't like the change at first either. They didn't like the fact that we would we would work so hard to stay devoted to one topic for an extended period of time. You know, because a lot of it was was me allowing them to do things that that made them happy, that kept them at peace, which. Which is cool, but you're you're not gonna get better unless you struggle through. If there's something that you're struggling with, you have to struggle through. You know what they say? If you're if you're going through hell, you have to keep going. And see, that's what I was allowing them to do. We'd play cards, we'd watch YouTube videos on subjects, anything but that didn't really require them to do any work. Just like with myself, those those activities that we were doing regularly. They didn't require me to do any work. I didn't have to do any reading. I knew how to play spades. I knew how to play dominoes. I know how to spell. I can find a YouTube video. You know, those things didn't require any real work, any real effort. So they were reluctant to it at first too.
0: So, I'm pretty sure there's a mother out there or even say in this case, sometime a father that's got a son that's struggling with drug addiction or some type of mental illness. What advice would you give to that parent?
2: To edu- educate themselves on the topic. Okay. Seek, seek some professional help, but at the same time, Don't leave all the work to just the child and the professional, because a lot of times that's not a good, it's not a good match. Okay. Just, just because you're going to a therapist, that doesn't mean that that therapist is the therapist for you. Okay. And those sessions only last for so long. So, you know, after the therapy session, they have to ride back home with you. And a lot of times it's, it's that interaction between the two. That's a big part of the problem a lot I'm I mean I'm a father. I'm a father and I have to struggle with not not pushing my son to be exactly the man that I want him to be but yet encouraging him to be his better self. You understand? And a mm-hmm. lot of times as parents that's that's what happens. We want to mold the child and a lot of times, so when that, um, like drug addiction and things of that nature, that's that's a natural rebellion against that authority. Chil- children grow and become adults by expanding their boundaries. Okay, and we old school black folk, you don't you don't buck the parents. Okay, mm-hmm. the parents set the boundary, and that's not fair to your child. So you have to understand that like, as that child, as that person matures you naturally have to back up on that boundary and that we want to draw that hard line in which they're going to keep pushing. They're going to keep pushing. So they'll they'll act out in some form or fashion just to feel like they're winning. I'm winning this battle, even though, you know, you could be smoking meth and ultimately killing yourself, but in their mind, I'm winning this battle. So you have to you have to educate yourself. So basically, you you gotta be you gotta be in that treatment. You have to actively be in that treatment if you want to help somebody. You have to actively be in that treatment.
0: In Now you mentioned educate yourself. Uh, are there any resources you know? just off the top of your head that it's starting points to point them in the right direction? It, it depends on the, um, like I
2: said, once, once you get a proper diagnosis, you start with that diagnosis. And um, there's some tools out there. Use uh, it's a, it's called a DSM five. I want to say, and what it is basically that's, that's the uh, that's the book that the therapists and the professionals use to identify and define different mental disorders. Okay, so you got to know exactly what it is that you're that you're working against. I don't want to say working with, but what that a person is struggling with. So that's that's the first step, and then after that, I mean don't 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 get wrapped up in what you know someone like uh who's that really preaching that man getting mental charlemagne charlemagne no go go to a professional site they they got various uh nami it's the national organization for mental illness they got they have so many resources for just about every treatable clinical disorder. And that that's a great place to start. N-A-I-M, it's an acronym. That's a great place to start. Put that in the description. Uh, spend, spend some time. If if you have a mental health clinic in your area, you know, uh, a lot of them have we had a a day treatment center. So we had a place where our clients would live and we had a place where we met during the daytime. And if you can, a lot of times like before this COVID and everything hit, you could you could come in and uh I would allow people from the community to host groups. We had uh if somebody had an artistic talent, they'd come in and lead a paint class. You know, we'd have people come in and play play their musical instruments. So just just spend some time around it. Become better aware of it. That's, that's, that, that'll be super helpful.
0: You said that you some, said, of, some of your uh, patients would get upset because you spent so much time on one dimension. So I, it's very important that you complete one dimension before. And this is a question. Is it very important that you complete one dimension fully before jumping to the next one?
2: You'll, like I said, you'll, I don't think you'll ever complete one. It's very important that you have a, a high sense of no, of, a really solid sense of awareness of at least just where you're at in that dimension. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you, you want to, once, once you've gotten a good grasp of, you know, what this dimension is and where I am and how I have been, not where I'm at right now. Cause like right now I don't have a dollar to my name. Okay. So we would consider me broke, but overall my financial wellness, I have access to money. I'm, I make wise decisions with my money. So my snapshot would be I'm broke, but my overall financial wellness is pretty good because I manage my money well. You understand what I'm saying? So it's it's not so much of, of completing a dimension. Mm-hmm. It's understanding that dimension and being aware of how you have been throughout a period of time in that dimension. And it, you, you might be at a good place. You might be at a good place The things that you're doing that might be working for you. So you may not have to spend a whole lot of time in that area. And you can oh, devote that time, it. energy, and
0: effort to something else. So it's safe to say to change the rhetoric instead of completion of dimension it's about awareness of the dimensions yes yes
2: awareness and how are you do you want to maintain that do you want to improve that we don't we don't want no diminishing we don't want no diminishing you don't want anything to get worse if you're comfortable where you're at and it works for you and it's, it doesn't have a negative impact on any other aspect of your life you're good there. You're good there. Move on. Look at the other aspects. Look at the other dimensions.
0: Wow. You you sh- you should you should get your a Facebook support group or something. A lot of people <laughs> need this knowledge. They do. They do.
2: They mm-hmm. do. I never I mean like this this stuff weighs on me and I I'd like to see people doing better, but for me like I don't I don't have the greatest level of confidence in myself. So even like right now you see I keep hitting the water, my throat is dry. I'm 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 super nervous. I'm not very confident in my ability to
0: you know really help people. But you are you're doing fine. You're doing an awesome job. I do have one question. When dealing with race, is this do you see more blacks than any other race or have you dealt with all different races? When it comes I've, to- I've dealt
2: with I've dealt with different races. I've dealt with with both genders. Well, I'm not sure if I could, yeah. I've dealt with multiple races. I've dealt with men and women, and even some younger adults. Not so much with kids, except for you know the limited time that I get to spend because I, I tutor math, so I get to, I get to spend some time with kids uh teenagers uh elementary school kids and i'm able to identify some things where they can improve it in those different dimensions and you know maybe kind of like guide them towards getting interested in those other aspects of themselves but yeah i've, I've worked with i work with them
0: mom i want to you for that because we need more black men in our community that's stepping up and working with the kids and helping them especially tutoring with math yeah that very in our community
2: I'm, I'm not gonna lie like um most 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 parents they'll they'll pay for like a a sports coach they'll they'll pay to send their kid to mm-hmm. a clinic a, a basketball camp they'll do that before they they hire me they'll they'll hire me to help a kid after like the progress report. You know, when they see that this kid halfway through the semester, they're on the verge of failing, expect me to work a miracle with you in three to four weeks. When you know that 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 kid struggled last year. So we should have been working together from the very first day of school. We want that quick fix toward the end of the semester. You know, can we get this D up to a C? instead of focusing at the beginning of the year and like let's just get an A let's just get a B let's just improve from last year
0: that's so why you bring that up I wonder where did we get that psychology from you know we our priorities are all wrong like you said we'll pay for sports we'll pay for everything mm-hmm. and people like to tell the story about Mark Zuckerberg and uh, what's the Microsoft guy name uh, Uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates. They tell the story how they went to college and then they dropped out of college to start their own companies and people run with it. Well, you know, I don't need a college degree uh, because Bill Gates and Zuckerberg and all of them dropped out of college and they started their own and now they're billionaires. But what you don't know behind the story is. They didn't need college because I think, what, since they were five or six, their parents had them in coding mm-hmm. classes with coding coaches. And they've been learning computers <laughs> from a young age all the way up. So yeah, by the time you got yeah. college, they wouldn't need college because they had been getting that education all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. They were professionals. So they, they weren't your average children that went to high mm-hmm. school, picked up a skill, just start playing on coding one day. We don't have that mindset of taking our kids from a young age giving them these type of skills and talents and training them where they're experts by the time they're 18. The only talent that we think about to give our kids to is a football and a basketball. Occasionally a baseball now. And then to try to win the lottery of getting into the NBA, NFL, uh, the major baseball league, instead of giving them a skill that they can go and master their own destiny with.
2: Right. I think, a, I think a big part of that was uh, impacted by the integration of the school system. My dad went to an all-Black school, and he would tell me about the, the subjects and the things that they studied. Like, he was in the 10th grade in a little bit of Newport, Arkansas, and they would study Greek. They would study Latin. They were doing higher-level math than I was doing by the time I got to college, Okay. But that school closed and then my brothers and sisters, they're a little bit older than me. They were part of that that generation that integrated into the white school. So you lost black teachers. You got more of us indoctrinated to these state dictated lesson plans. And you you got a lot less involvement from the black parents in the education of the, of the kids. So at some point, all of those different factors, you know, it could have been the unease of wanting to go to the, to the parent teacher conference. It could have been, it could have been so many other things, but basically what happened is we just handed off like, okay, this child needs to be educated and that's your job. That's right. the school's job. That's, that's these teachers' jobs. Somewhere along the line, we forgot that education starts at home.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And education starts at home. Education is continued through home. A diploma does not stop your education. To educate means to become. And every day we should be becoming
0: who we're really wanting and meant to be. We definitely cannot count on the education the school system or even the college system. Rude. Man. Said that
1: well because <laughs> a lot of people. I'm like you when I go back to the sports. I know a lot of parents right now. You don't even them mention about their kids' grades or or nothing mm-hmm. no more. But they quick to throw the. Oh, my son going to they going to school. They playing ball. They doing this. You more focused on him playing ball. But if he ain't got the grades, he can't go nowhere. Yeah.
2: Let yeah, me tell and you statistics. statistic. just throw it to the wolves. Nation, nationwide, 80% of eighth grade black boys cannot read on an eighth grade level. Your mm. ability to read, write, speak, and communicate thought will have the biggest impact on the level and the quality of life you live as a grown up. But if these boys are in the eighth grade and they cannot read at an eighth grade level, they're not going to hold them back, especially with all this COVID and stuff. Right. So what are you going to have next year? You're going to have ninth grade boys who can't read at a ninth grade level. You're going to graduate boys can't read.
1: Well, well, Brian, we're about to goes have
2: a whole to- generation of illiterate young Black men.
1: It goes back to what you were saying earlier, though, Brian. It does come uh, from the home. You know, the parents do have to also support that education um you know you you can't expect you can't expect teachers to teach but that education has to continue as soon as they come back from 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 that school you know uh one, one, once they get home if, if the parents aren't putting in the effort if the parents aren't following up you know and supporting that child's education you know it's liable to fail mm-hmm. True.
0: because yeah. i know my
1: son my son came home a couple of times talking about listening class but i didn't understand so that's when I'm supposed to play my part. I'm We're going to sit here and understand it. We're going to figure it out. Some yeah. people, I write something
0: down, go. i yeah. you know? kids used to play that. while I didn't understand the lesson. I was like, back in my day, I could understand it. We used to have to call somebody that nil. But there's YouTube out there and there's social media out there. If You don't even have to pay attention in class today, in, in today's world. Just know what the lesson is and what they teach. You Look, Even go on YouTube and watch the video. Yeah. They're teaching. And you can be ahead of time. And that's what well, right. my kids can tell. Try that with me. And it's like, uh uh-uh. uh, get on YouTube and I'll sit down with you and we'll, get, we'll watch YouTube together and we'll figure this thing out. There, there's no excuse for not knowing. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, we, in, here in Baltimore, you, when you talk about the reading level, the Victorian of one of the high school classes had a grade point average, I want to say somewhere around 64%. Mm-hmm. No, not uh, a 64 as an if. He mm-hmm. was the highest with the highest grade mm-hmm. in the school as a Valley, Victorian That should be criminal. Nationwide, Baltimore <laughs> has worse. one of the one I don't want to say worse, but one
2: of the lowest performing public school systems nationwide.
0: Terrible, terrible. Yeah. And everybody, the whole school board should be fired for that. And parents talking about they didn't know that their kid they were there was passing them. I Amy, mean, imagine you getting a letter home, oh, your sons in Valley Victoria. You bragging is <laughs> that's an elf. That, yeah. that, that should be criminal. How could that be allowed? But a few podcasts back, I think that's done intentional. When I spoke about there was a Harvard study, and there's a direct correlation to your vocabulary and, and your reading and writing skills is tied to your money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your overall quality of life. Yeah. So. Yeah
2: quality well, of life. As
0: Blacks, we get out here and we march and we protest and we, you know, we talk and we want to come up and we want to do big things, but that's where you got to start at. Because mm-hmm. like I said, you got a whole eighth grade class that's, that's going to come through. Baltimore is graduating whole classes of, of Black kids mm-hmm. that's going to come out here and go to jail and fail. They're not going to be able to contribute to any type of movement. But we're not putting our focus there, you know. Here in Arkansas, seventy percent
2: of the kids who don't graduate end up in the criminal system. 70%. Mm-hmm. Seventy percent, and that I, I bet you that number is 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 close to the nationwide average. You have, yeah, basically, we're 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 about to have a generation of young black males who are
0: functionally illiterate. I guess that's where the women and it's it's why the black woman is having to rise and pick up the slack. So women, if you got sons, you better start training your son to be a better man because it's not, there's not gonna be any men for the women here in the future. <laughs>
2: let, let, and let me let me show you how that correlates with something that you spoke on earlier. Okay, you know how the, how you were saying that these women are are claiming to be independent, they're educated, they don't need a man. Okay. These are girls who have gone through a school system, which is basically designed for a female mind. And they've seen boys struggle throughout all these school years. The only, the only male uh, authoritative figure they more than likely seen was the principal. So if you ain't in trouble, more than likely you don't interact with the
0: principal. And the principal's so not nice male view,
2: You get this view that, that women are smarter you get this view that women are in control. So how do you think that's going to impact them once they're grown-ups? They, they've they had little to no interaction with an intelligent, well-spoken young Black boy. They, they've never seen that progression. So by the time they're grown, they're still looking at grown Black men as those little boys who struggle to read in the sixth grade that's what they're going to see because they've been conditioned.
0: And interesting. We definitely have touched on a lot of points here with these eight dimensions. I know I got a few of them. I need to go work on myself. We'll be aware of myself. There you go. Cause we get ready to wrap up the show, Brian, something that we ask all our guests, what does after five mean to you? After five, that's, for me, that's, that's, that's study time.
2: That's, that's when the real work gets done. You know, I have a, I have an eight to four 30, you know, where I punch the clock for somebody else, but after five, that's, that's family time. That's personal study time. That's, that's where I work on me. And that, that could be in, in any dimension that could be going to the gym, that could be some, some personal reading. That could be spending time with my son. That could be spending time with my wife. So after five, that's, that's when the real
0: work begins. Excellent. And you can definitely work on yourself and get some knowledge after five by watching this podcast. Every Wednesday is when we drop a new episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Catch us on After Five, the podcast on YouTube. You can see how to buy After Five merchandise. Uh, the different platforms that we're on, we're now on different platforms such as Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox. Well, the, the rest of them being Uh too many to name right now. But we, we're definitely growing and moving to other uh, platforms such as Stitcher, so you can also get the audio version of this if you can't, if, if you're at work or, or or traveling and you can't get to YouTube and watch. The visual version, we got you in audio as well. All of that will be in the link as always. And Until the next episode, thank everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next Wednesday after five. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, you too.